Welcome to the Nerdoplexy Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we are going to break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. We are going to track the trends, hype the hits, and dunk on the duds, all in search of the perfect convergence of comics and cinema. Joining me on this epic journey is my longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, Sam. Smile. Even if it hurts, that's what being a man means. <laughs> and also joining us on this episode, it's our social media manager, Dave. So, were we talking Tank Girl or, uh... No. What? Nope. <laughs> Great prank. So sit back, <laughs> relax, eat at least three handfuls of dirt with your hand mouth, and get ready as we dive into Vampire Hunter D. That hand mouth is pretty. It comes in handy. And we watched the same movie. Do they explain the hand at all? Mm-mm. No. I love that. They don't even touch on that shit. He doesn't get a name. I love that. Because midway through the movie, I wrote, I hope they don't ever explain the hand face mouth <laughs> thing. I thought it was the sword talking at first. I have uh, <laughs> written, written about halfway through the movie as well on the top of my page. I need no context. And that was just for anything. I needed no context at all. I didn't give a single fuck. Yeah, I just, I was immersed in this uh, this world. We'll get to it, but I thought that hand scene like did not fit as far as the weird comic relief in the middle of an extremely serious. Did not fit? That's because you hate fun. Uh, this movie, <laughs> Vampire Hunter D, was released in 1985. I'm guessing that's the uh, Japanese release. I don't really know what's kind of going to come out in America or when it did. Uh, but it is we're big on fact checking here well you know what it, it's so just, i mean like come on ah, come on come on the imdb says 1985 and if you really care when it came out in america see i don't you can look that up yeah <laughs> it's all information fact august of 1992 yeah write us <laughs> write us about it that'll oh, be yeah, very don't, helpful don't listen for to it. dave bleep me uh, out the director is uh, Toyo Ashida. I don't know um, if he's done anything else. Um, and then there's a bunch of voice actors. <laughs> Professionals. Hey, it's not always yeah, no, IMDb Corners. Oh, no, yeah, come on. A, a household name in our small little Nerdoplexy Corner, to- Toyo Ashida. You guys know that? You hear about this? No. No. Absolutely I'd not. I'd be lying if I said I did. Um, yeah, I did Guyver, this, and Fist of the North Star. So. Oh, Fist of the North Star is dope, though. Yeah, so probably a lot of like the blood threads. That might be. That what? might be. You've never heard of it. It's a man who like punches people so hard their heads explode. Oh, that's kind of cool. hell yeah. <laughs> that's kind of dope. He wears like a <laughs> denim jean jacket, like vest. It's like that's it. That's kind of the whole show. He just punches so fucking good. You sold me. Much like Vampire Hunter D, just stands real still, real good. That's his. That's his fucking super move. He's got real. Uh, I forget the word the snakes used. It, <laughs> in, endurance endurance yeah he had a lot of endurance to stand still <laughs> there's no way sam we could have gotten this far without sam saying something he is definitely froze i think oh man <laughs> had to refresh i am an idiot and my add did not allow me to not mess with my vpn settings while we were talking mm. so you kind of like fidget spun your way off the, the connection I clicked the VPN button and it was like, connection's lost. I'm like, of course it is. I don't know why I even bothered hitting it. I didn't have to. That was for nobody. Um, so what did I miss? <laughs> the Fist in the North Star guy, his superpower is punching real good. And then mm-hmm. Vampire Hunter D's power is standing still real fucking good. Because he's just stoic as hell. Not reacting. 
just fucking stoic as hell. Even when three vampire serpent ladies are wrapping you for days, apparently, they wrapped him making some kind of sex to him in their sexual embrace for days. He's a sexual dynamo. From Predator, <laughs> sexual Tyrannosaurus. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Yes, D is voiced by John Gramillion, who uh, sounds just like Liam Neeson. I was pretty sure the whole time it was Liam Neeson. <laughs> I thought it was. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's not Liam Neeson. It's John Gramillion. Because you guys watched the version I watched and it's the second uh, English cast, not the first English cast. So the re-release whenever it came out on Blu-ray. Oh, they updated it, huh? Yeah, Magnus Lee, voiced by David Wald, and Doris, voiced by Lucy Christian. Okay. And the movie takes place in the distant future, as we're, <laughs> as we're told in the very beginning. And I had to look up how distant, and it, it warmed my heart because the year, do you guys know? No. I have no idea. I didn't look because I was afraid. 12,090. Oh, oh hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. They didn't mess around at all. Might as well be a true story. It's so far in the future. If you're going to go to the future, go to the future. Go to the fucking future. Yeah. Don't say, oh, it's the future, year 2000 in 1985. That's only 15 years from now. Yeah. You can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Everybody who watches this movie is going to live to see that you're full of shit. No one's going to live to see the Vampire Hunter D's full of shit. The great, great, great grandchildren of the people who saw Vampire Hunter D aren't going to be able to say that they're full of shit. <laughs> the one vampire is like 10,000 years old. And I was, I was I was trying to do the math on that. And I'm like, this I don't know about this, fellas. We may live to see Magnus Lee born if the <laughs> math is right. But that's about it. That's true. That's, that is a concern. <laughs> he, he doesn't start a vampire, I don't believe. Or I guess he, do, he does. I don't know how that works. So there's vampires and there's dompiers. And, vamp, and dompiers are... The progeny, and this is big spoiler alert, I guess, uh, corner, but the progeny of a vampire slash noble, they're called, and a human. But if two vampires make a baby, is it a vampire? Do we know this? Can two vampires make a baby? That seems to be the case. They must be able to because the girl thinks she's yes. from a long line of vampires. Of pure blood vamps. For that to be true, then vampires have to be making babies with vampires, which is a whole new opening of vampires being made that I'd never even considered. Because even like Interview with the Vampire, they make uh, Kirsten Dunst into a vampire as like a young child, and she lives for hundreds of years at looking and sounding and acting as, or not acting, looking and sounding Definitely like a Definitely not child. acting. Definitely yeah. not acting. <laughs> no, and that's a, that's a big problem, big sticking point for her. Uh, so like... <laughs> Vampires that make vampire babies, they don't have to worry about, like, it doesn't stay a baby, right? We could be going Twilight rules. That baby I'm, could I'm be 19 like, in three weeks. What are the, look, what are the rules is all I want to know. What are the vampire rules for aging? They talk about pure blood vampires a lot, but mm -hmm. the only person that does talk about that is um, that girl who thinks that she's one of those. The, so, the female noble, do they give her a name? Yeah, they do. Lady Larmica. Not a, not a very handsome name, if you ask me. No, but, not a great name. Um, anyway, yeah, so like you're, you're born a vampire. You must age to at least a certain point. An argument could be made that Lady Larmica looks 18. So maybe you just age for 18 years and then that's it. But then Magnus Lee looks old as hell. So you still age. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's, ten, he's like 10,000 though. So I guess that has right. something to do with that's it. That's the rumor. Slowly. I heard five or 10, right? They weren't, they weren't quite sure. Seemed like 10. 
Seemed like ten. Yeah, he he got. You only get mind powers after you get to ten. You only get blue blue eyeball powers. That's fair. He you can only fight the incense after ten thousand years. Yeah, well, I mean that's something that D was he was happy to hear almost that the ten thousand year old vampire like finally a little bit of a challenge or something. So it does stand to the world's logic that vampires get better over time. I was kind of thinking about that myself because he had that baller ass Castlevania castle, the Count Lee. Sick. Dan's crawling through ventilation shafts later and I'm like, did I miss something? Where is he? And it's like, oh, they're just still in the castle. Yeah, he was just like in the pipes room at one point and and I I didn't really get that, but I did not care. No, it's very eclectic style. It's just an extension. Like, I guess you just eat so many people that you get like all, it's like you get their power. So just over the years, it just builds up and like kind of spills out. The way that they did the world building in this, even with the minimal explanation, it just all kind of tracks and all goes down real smooth. Now, here's a question I have. I could probably find this out, but it seems as though these characters were designed by the guy or the pe- the people that do the Final Fantasy. At the very least, the uh, the poster art is Yoshi Yoshitaka Amano. Okay, who is the Final Fantasy art guy? I knew that I knew that he was a known quantity. Because I'm wondering if he did at least like character design or something like that, because a lot of the characters have that feel, especially D. But this is based off a of manga. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Almost page for page came to the movie. Nice. Well, then we should probably do something else for <laughs> the mini. The illustrator of the original novels is Yoshitaka Amano, and he acted as character designer for the OVA. Oh, OK, sick. However, alternate designs were provi- were provided by Ashida who also acted as the film's animation director and elements from both artists' works were combined to create final designs by the animators. Nice. So there you have it. He did the character design just as you had suggested. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's got the same look. Everything is very, like, spindly on the edges. His hat brims are really long and tapering, and his sword looks like kind of like a little squiggle. It almost looked like it was a rope, the way it moved. Uh, It seemed to grow. Uh, when need be or, or and move quite fluidly so yeah i feel like a lot of the stuff is taken from taken from or borrowed by castlevania mm-hmm. like the uh the whip like it, it like stuff doesn't have form until it's being used basically and there's like a sonic boomerang oh yeah the boomerang's pretty cool i, I feel like there's a lot of castlevania sub weapons in here because there's like the incense which seems like a d- definite thing, and then uh, you have the whip. There's uh, that little boomerang that that guy with the reality powers, the mutant guy. Yeah, he's got reality powers, but that only comes up once, and he gets like murked every single other time. <laughs> yeah, he, he does lose a hand because he forgot to check if the incense was real. I'm just his reality powers aren't very good. He has reason to believe that the the incense, which has a fun name that I wrote down, I can't find. It was something really specific. Time bewitching incense. Time bewitching incense. So yeah, so he he has reason to believe the time bewitching incense is is real. He has no reason to believe that it would be swapped out by a prank. By a dickhole mayor's son, Greco. Yes. So uh, to give some form or whatever to story, just real quick, uh, the, there's a prologue with a uh, blonde haired girl. Oh my uh, god! Uh, running She's through a- some woods. In the shortiest of skirts. Hunting a dinosaur in her underpants. A lot of underwear <laughs> flashing. Very, very horny stuff in this one. Yeah. Yeah. There's no denying that there was completely pointless horny stuff going on in this. 
added absolutely nothing. A couple of th- a couple of key moments. <laughs> yes, she's running through the woods. There's some hell beasts. She's got some traps. She's got a big old gun. Firing the gun makes her skirt go up, uh, which is because <laughs> of course it does. Um, it's like a it's like a ambiguous like rocket laser launcher with a bayonet. It is which dope. Is, it's fucking yeah, cool. it's super super dope. Um, her horse's name is Luke. I wrote that's important. So he's a super important character. Yeah, and, and he gets chewed up by that by uh, the hell beast, and then by a werewolf. Justice for Luke. Luke gets done so fucking dirty. I think Luke saved the day. He got in Doris's way. I think Doris would have been eaten by one of those hell beasts. Bayonets out for Luke. Yeah, justice for Luke. Luke got eight twice. This this first little sequence here is is really fun. Like the hell, you know, the, the hell dinosaur that she is. I don't know if she's hunting it just to kill it or hunt it for like dinosaur meat unclear probably a little column a little column b she comes from a family of hunters she says her dad was a hunter a werewolf hunter Mm -hmm. later on had to become a vampire hunter likely how he met his demise yes certainly Uh, we don't dig too deep into that but yeah she's doing some hunting and she gets caught up in a little trap herself there's a werewolf who comes out of nowhere and very gently removes a rosary that's around her neck yeah, I love that. There is a hierarchy of these beasts, these mm-hmm. demons. Like they, everybody is like working for the Draculas. Mm-hmm. You got your mutants. You got your werewolves. Yeah, one rung below the vampires, you got your werewolves. A, a rung below that, you got some ancillary like. You got a weird big Hulk beast. Hmm. Golems like Hulk looking golems to throw fireballs. Below that, you got some. You got some like demon demon dogs the mutants unleashed in the, in the little cabin scene later i do want to mm-hmm. i do want to circle back to that and all these things are set up and described in a way that is absolutely clear uh and they don't spend too much time on it at all there's a lot of just like things looking cool and that's what we're gonna do we're gonna make something and it's gonna look cool and we're gonna put some lines behind it and then there's gonna blood spurt out of it like that's it that's the movie philosophy after the werewolf gently removes the rosary, it's just to leave an opening for the the vampire, mm-hmm. uh, Magnus Lee, who's floating 20 feet in the air, and he is uh, impervious to the rocket lasers or whatever the hell that gun is, and he reveals his fangs. He's got a real drooly mouth. We see that again later. And prologue. And then after that, wastes no time from the prologue. We see Doris again on the road after having been bitten looking for a specific vampire hunter and and who shows up in the far distance but a dope ass vampire hunter to some dope ass music uh literally riding a cyborg steed a robo horse wearing a sweet pointy hat all of your dreams come true for what you would want in a vampire hunter the, the music's great. The animation is just really, it looks exactly like you want it to look. I thought the animation in this movie was really cool, except for, like, there were things they clearly didn't care about. The, some background characters and, like, those little slimy beasts. But, like, like, when they were drawing the tiny details, they were amazing. Like, the bugs crawling, the different, like, mods and shit. But then, like, the lizard monster comes out and just looks like an eight-year-old drew it. It really threw me off. You show me one eight-year-old that can draw that. I guess that's true, but it didn't look as it didn't look as pristine as like the rest. The background characters got real, real blurry real quick. You see this this blurry shit, and then 
it's set like next second is like this hyper detailed thing and it really pops because of that you know there's they're sort of playing with your focus i think perhaps i don't know it threw me off i like the setting of this one they leave it kind of up in the air because like you said it's you know the year twelve thousand or whatever but it's kind of got a like a wild west italy vibe a wild mm-hmm. west transylvania the town actually seems pretty nice for like the f- the far flung apocalyptic future it seems like the saloon's a little rowdy but for the most part it, it's the town has good vibes except for one major dingus greco who sounds like trey parker from south park doing a foghorn leghorn impression <laughs> So what do you want? Spare me the Biden tone. I'm not the one they say was nibbled on by the count. And what does that mean? It means you might want to keep your voice down. Or don't you care if sweet little Danny overhears the truth? Mm? He has heard the rumor that Doris has been bit by a vampire, and that's evidently common enough that they're like not super worried about it, but they do still get like a council together to sort of discuss what to do with Doris. The reason why he's a major dingus, though, is because the only way he's going to help Doris is if she'll, like, go out with him. I don't think go out with him was necessarily... I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but in the first place, she offers D um, whatever he wants with her, basically. Like, I don't have a lot of money, but you could do what you want with me. This movie is extremely horny. Well, um, there's kind of a lot of uh, sexual overtones in the story, and it is... An anime movie in the 80s, so you're going to have that just baseline. But all vampire stories are like sex stories, in essence, because especially if you have like D, he's a good guy vampire because he doesn't he doesn't um, submit to his baser urges and like fucking give give her a bite on the neck. And the, and the other vampires do. And like, you know, and that's kind of why the you know, the townspeople kind of shun her because like, oh, and, you know, she had nothing to do with it. She was still bit on the neck it's like oh well you got bit by a vampire so you're kind of weird and you gotta go live in a an old camp on the outskirts of town or some shit like what, what was the point of that backstory at all why couldn't they, he just say like banish her like because like oh it's an old camp that if you went there would make the vampires mad what yeah they'll kill you <laughs> they'll kill five thousand people in one fell swoop it's not dissimilar if you guys had watched the castlevania series on netflix I have. You know, he he falls in love with a human mm-hmm. and they burn her at the stake because of her, her involvement with Dracula. Right. Because they do that, Dracula rains hell on them. So what they're saying is, I guess, this Magnus Lee character, or at least another noble, had a woman that he chose. Because what they're doing is marking them for themselves. Uh-huh. The first bite. So they then put protected in a way by putting the woman into a camp and the vampires do not like that they're being kept from their potential brides. Uh So they kill a lot of people for it. So rather than do that, uh, they propose that, you know, she either kills herself or gets vampire hunter D the titular D to uh, do some vampire hunting. Yeah, well, he seems to take the case pro bono as well. He seems to be pretty interested solely because the vampire is very old. He's like, oh, okay, well, I'll kill this guy. This seems interesting. I'll go kill this guy. Yeah, it could be fun. It's a pretty old vampire. Nice day for it. Yeah. <laughs> he gives, like, good advice to the to the young the younger brother, but, like, then explains it totally wrong. He's like, you, mm. you, you know, your sister's, like, in a bad way. She's about to turn into a vampire and shit. 
like you, so you need to be like strong and like positive and don't show her that you're sad. And then I'm like, okay, that's great. That's like pretty good advice, you know? And he's like, and it, because that's what men do. Cause men, do, it turned into like toxic positivity. Yeah. So quick. I was like, oh <laughs> man, you blew it. You were doing so well. And then you blew it. Two seconds later, they dig a little deeper into the, uh, the lore and the, the why Doris is not safe on this night because it's the day before the woman's moon. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Which is the red moon that appears once a month. So I don't know what they mean by that. Well, it's, uh, it appears once a month. And well, you know exactly what they mean by it. Uh, yes. And it makes the, it makes the women impure to the, they don't like the blood that they can get on that day. Well, that's what, and then, so like what you're trying, what they're telling me is that like, if a, a vampire is about to eat a woman for a blood from her neck and he's like, Oh, you're on your period. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. It's the wrong kind that's of not, blood. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> It's a, it's a very much a product of its time. Just another sex metaphor, I guess. All the way down, pretty much, sex metaphors. But yeah, so he knows that Doris is especially unsafe because they're going to try to nab her up the day before the woman's moon. And we meet a mutant, and we meet Magnus Lee's daughter, um, the mutant that can warp time and space, which actually really sick fight sequence where you think, you think he's got the upper hand and he stabs him with a sword, but... The mutant used his time and space warping to make D have to have stabbed himself. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Although, yeah, it was, it's a cool well, take, like a portal gun thing, which it should be far more powerful if he can do that. That's what I'm saying. He he gets murked at every like he gets beat up every time after this, and like I'll give him that one where vampire uh, or D threw him up in the air, and like you kind of know mm-hmm. you fucked up when a guy like throws you into the sky mm-hmm. just so he can fucking stunt on you a little bit. My man should have known he was in trouble, but yeah, so he he gets he gets a slice. D stabs himself in the guts, and then it's just totally fine. The vampireness is fucking strong in this one, and I guess we we find out why because this is basically fucking alucard so yeah it very like quite literally there's a scene where uh magnus's daughter lady larmica is giving a prayer to count dracula and then so you realize that that's like they they view that as their their holy ancestor like the the first of their kind their sacred ancestor yeah sacred ancestor and then you find out that that d is dracula's son with a human so it very literally that yeah the same exact story as the Castlevania Alucard, which makes him all at least as powerful as a ten thousand year old real vampire mm-hmm. with less of the weaknesses and more of the weaknesses. <laughs> so yeah, so basically um, this is the point where the Castlevania has started in earnest, and D has to go to Lee's castle. I'm guessing it's one of those situations that if he kills you know you killed the sire and she's not a fully a vampire yet she'll go back to normal yes i'm guessing is that that's kind of the thing yeah that's the intent kill the vampire so i don't become a vampire yeah because she's not quite there yet but if he if he gets her again that's pretty much the end d raids the castle and this is probably my favorite part of the movie where he goes in through the basement mm-hmm. and we get to see all the little basement ghoulies little grody little mutant cave oh there's so many little guys it's the best he fights a ghost. Yeah, he's got like a little warding stone that that keeps most of them away from him, but the the sl- the higher power, higher level ones, they they're still coming at him. Yeah, 
this is just like a video game. It, it is. This just seems like Castlevania, the movie. Yeah. Maybe Vampire D, the, the comic, is that as well. Or And that's this is kind of what Symphony of the Night is backwardsly based on. But like there seems to be lots of overlap between. So I'm guessing maybe the the guy who who wrote Vampire Hunter D, maybe, hey, I don't know what the timeline is, but he might have uh, might be some inspiration there. I also think it's just like a D&D campaign because when when Vampire Hunter D himself is having a hard time, he goes, fuck it. And he just punches through a wall and goes toward where he was going anyway. Oh, that was really good. He's like, I'm not going through a maze. I'm kicking this wall down. <laughs> I do really like when he's in the maze before he punches through the wall. He does get attacked by a ghost creature. Uh, and he does, in fact, call it a ghost beast. The Grinch. Ah, the ghost beast. Yep, ghost yes. beast. A ghost beast. And then someone else calls it like a ghost jaguar. I'm like, you already nailed it with ghost beast. Mm-hmm. Stick the landing. You got it. Here's a crazy thought. I don't know if there's an arcade game, but I believe Castlevania came out in 1986. So this would be uh, a year after the original Japanese release. So. Yeah, there's definitely some sharing. Ooh. Maybe, maybe this, maybe Castlevania is a vampire on her tea game. <laughs> I wonder if there's an arcade. So the mutant guy sends D into a free fall. He knows he he knows he's walking into a trap. And he's perfectly prepared for what's coming, and uh, that sends him to a three three sirens or or the like come out of the water playing instruments or what you're supposed to believe are sirens um but what turn out to be like a snake beast medusa snakes the medusa hydra maybe not hydra you don't see him cut one off and then that spring back it's kind of like um, a hydra that just doesn't grow back at the very least uh they have they're they're topless snake beasts with little teeny tiny nips oh, which is important i wrote in parentheses don't <laughs> don't say this <laughs> don't say this uh they call themselves the the midwitch medusas and their their whole gig is they're draining his uh life life essence. force or i guess like his endurance through his penis his endurance they, they're going to wring that yes. shit right out of his dick. His endurance is overwhelming. Um, <laughs> and they are overwhelmed. He gets his fangs out and he bites down into uh, one of the Medusas. Oh and, my God. Uh, the, the scream she lets out when he chomps her is so fucking good. She just gives a... And then they cut back and she's still screaming. <laughs> yeah, but, then, but when they cut back, all three are dead. Yes. I just wanted to say that the... Uh, Iga, the creator of Castlevania, uh, said that Vampire D didn't inspire Castlevania originally, uh, but he did admit that it w- did inspire Alucard. Okay, that's fair. That's pretty fair. I mean, they're pretty much the same guy, except Alucard doesn't have a face on his hand. Yeah. I have a quote here that I'll cut in the line where Larmica says, You will never join the Lee bloodline, you human bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something like Dennis Reynolds would say. <laughs> D, you bitch. D, you gangly, uncoordinated bitch. Now, I'm Sandra. Dumb bitch. Of course I'm not, D. Don't be ridiculous. Think of the smell. You haven't thought of the smell, you bitch! This is why we had to wait for you to go to Bed Bath & Beyond? Yes, bitch. 
God damn, I hate Jen. D, you bitch. You are a wrinkled bitch. Tell you Don't you play coy with me, you little bitch. Oh, God damn it. I don't care if you're old. Seize the gap. You old fat bitch. You fat bitch. That sounds like something the fucking Winchester brothers would say. Yeah. Dean's got, uh, Dean's got a real problem with with women in that show. He says "bitch" a lot. Yeah, yeah. You fucking demon, bitch! Like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> Dean, Come on. Dean, man. So I, I, my, my notes get a little spotty here, but I have uh, that D cuts a lizard boy in half. It's very effective. There's so much panty flashing and lizard slashing. <laughs> <laughs> panty flashing and lizard slashing. Right around this time as well as there's a little assault on the cabin. A giant face smashes through the wall. They're like, we're ready for anything. And then a giant face smashes through the wall and everybody screams. And I was I was screaming in pure joy. But then the big guy, so <laughs> spiders come out of a little guy that came out of a big guy's mouth. And yeah, very trippy stuff. It's just demons all the way down. That's just perfect anime. Thank you very much. It's very good. The spider's coming out of that guy's back, though. That is pretty fucking gross. Reminded me a lot of, uh, and speaking of which, they're remaking Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And that has a guy that's got wasps that live in a big hump on his back. Much like this guy who's got spiders Mm -mm. that live on a hump in his back. I don't like that. I don't like it either time. It's bad and gross. They also do a ninja scroll, I think. The guy's got wasps in his back as well. Don't like it. You should should not do it. It's bad and wrong. There should be a word for that. Yeah. It's badong. <laughs> um, so the mutant Ray tries to use the bewitching incense on D here. Super doesn't work because as we stated before, he got X'd by Greco. <laughs> Who had super cool secret spy gear all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean he's he's oh he's a wealthy man, so everything that exists is at his disposal. Fair enough. Uh, Ray gets his hand chopped off by D and he's not very happy about that but D lets him live because D's all around pretty much a good guy doesn't want to kill anybody Yeah, the guy's not a threat to him and he just lets him go the same thing with Larmaka she's not a threat to him he lets her go when he escapes the castle he doesn't get that thrill in the kill unless his fangs are out so at this point Doris is safe-ish in the cabin Dr. Ferengo, character we haven't mentioned at, at all, uh, is just kind of like this ancillary, like a grandfatherly type to her up until this point where he says, you know, we got to go. We got to get out of this cabin. There's one place that's safe from vampires. And it's like the, the fishiest ass thing that anyone from a mile away would say, like, yeah, don't shouldn't probably leave. You're in the safest possible place right now. But we do find out Dr. Ferengo is leading her into a trap. <laughs> Lady Armica had uh, done something to make Dr. Fringo go sex nuts or whatever. He's like a full vampire. He's got fangs and everything. And yeah, he do. He do grab a titty. It's not good, Doc. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he can't really help himself because uh, Doris is about to whip him. And she he grabs Doris's whip. And then for no reason, just Whips pulls her out. Well, I think, that, I think he's he's breaking her rosary again. She had another rosary on, and maybe it was incidental, but it seemed targeted. He seemed horny as fuck. Um, I, I, I'm not giving him an inch. As luck would have it, he's immediately murdered. <laughs> yeah, right away. Straight to hell. Murdered by little Danny, young Danny. 
Fucking, he blasts him. I thought Danny killed Greco. Also, I thought Danny for sure killed Greco, but he just knocked him down. Also, we barely mentioned, but Danny is Doris's little brother. Yeah, he's a fucking crack shot. He didn't He didn't save that little weird sheep at the beginning of the, the flick no, there. No, but... shot its skin off with a, like a laser beam. Probably not a lot of meat to harvest after he uses those type of guns for hunting. Them. Oh, no, there were spirits eating it, and he was shooting at the spirits. Oh, because yeah, I, I, I thought of that as well, that he just like shot. He's just running around his farm shooting the fucking goats and stuff. But no, <laughs> he was he was trying to drive away uh, evil creatures. It makes a lot more sense now. Because, you know, it's like that lightning creature that ate the uh, that worm later. So uh, Lady Larmica Lam- Lambrusco, she <laughs> is we find out that she's not really all that bad. She's satisfied just to keep Doris away from her papa because. She doesn't want some half human thing or whatever in her to taint her bloodline or something. So she's basically on the right side of things because nobody wants Doris to get et by the count. Out comes Greco with the time bewitching incense. (laughs) And he has the great line, only good line that the character has in the whole movie, which is have time bewitching incense will travel. It was a pretty good line. I was a little confused because I believe this is the first time we actually see the time bewitching incense in use, and it did seem like it was having an orgasmary effect. Mm. If for being crass, yeah, that's what I definitely thought it was. I don't think that's by accident. I think ah, it's bad. This just movie. This movie's a little too horny. I know it's nineteen eighty five, but it crosses the line for sure. <laughs> She does say there, while she, while this is being done to her, that she would rather die than be un- under the control of this thing. And it, it occurred to me that that has happened like 10 times in this movie, that people have suggested that they would just rather die than be a part of whatever scene they're in. <laughs> like, just kill, kill me now is like, might as well have been the tagline. Um, then there's a shower scene, because yeah, why wouldn't there be? Then a seizure scene. Danny did kill the mayor's son. That, that is who he shot. Yeah, Danny shoots Greco. Yeah, because the uh, Larmica kills the doctor. Because he's right. too for horny. Being, for being too horny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he shot Greco, which I thought, like, holy shit, they just killed a dude. Then he's fine. He's yeah, fine. No remorse. No, that doesn't even come up. <laughs> just blasted that guy into oblivion. <laughs> um. It was a, a semi like that what they wanted to be like i guess a sex scene sort of right d is so doris here is trying to get d to have his way with her and d shows to his credit great restraint doesn't do any of that stuff yeah oh because the fangs it's kind of like getting a boner the fangs are coming out he wants to do it he doesn't do it um ray catches up with him except this time he's really got the real incense and uh he cuts off d's hand <laughs> to sort of like a you know I got you. You got me. A tit for tit thing. We're even now. And then he says, this guy is such a handful, which is a great pun. There's a lot of good puns in this. Actually, Greco busts out like 15 puns in the first place. Whenever <laughs> he's trying to allude to the fact that Doris got bit. He's like, oh, don't be mouthy. And there's all this other stuff. It's like constant, like one after the other zing. And I was like, this guy's not so bad, but he's really is that bad. <laughs> <laughs> the hand that uh, that was cut off by Ray now is getting some power from eating dirt or something i don't know why does he why does it eat the dirt i thought it was going to eat the creature and then it eats dirt and then it like can Uh suck up stuff again and then it's like oh okay because now it's going to suck up the creature no 
And that's just nope. it. It just wakes up. He punches he punches D and then D wakes up. What the, what the fuck was that? It didn't make any sense. I, I didn't think this scene was needed at all. Hand is eating soil because. That's what I wrote. And D wakes up to stop kind of weird blob of a threat. Yeah. Uh, this is where I, th- I wrote Dan is crawling through tunnels on a spaceship. Also, he does the sickest flips ever before he gets knocked off. Oh, yeah. And he like falls into like an internal pit. I don't know what happens to him after that. It seems like he's kind of like out of like out of a different anime. He seems like a Dragon Ball Z character. Yeah, a little bit. Like a Gohan. He's got the shoulder pads for it. <laughs> Dan is setting out to be a hero, um, but actually he's falling to his death after trying to slash the count, but is saved by, unlikely, Ray. Because one thing we didn't mention, Ray really wants to be a vampire. And before this is like the wedding scene. Uh, the scene before this, Magnus is saying like, yeah, maybe in another 50 years, bud, you could be a vampire, but no time real soon. And he did not like that. So Ray is now helping the good guys. Everyone, everyone pretty much, what's the opposite of a heel turn? Face turn? It's a face turn? I think so. Well, it, it's still kind of, I mean, they're just doing betrayals because their particular shit got fucked up. I mean, they're right. not like, they're not doing it for the good of reasons. No, it's not for good reasons, but like, 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 like Lar- Larmica just like, I don't want you in my family either. So I guess I'll help you out to not be. <laughs> yeah. Even though I'd, I'd, it'd be just fine if you died. Uh, and then Ray's like, yeah, these people um, are trying to kill magnus and i want to kill magnus so the enemy of your enemy is your friend kind of thing there you go what we're finding out though is that magnus lee does not command a great deal of loyalty from his subjects no i mean his little monster men that attended his wedding they're pretty cool i like their gross faces they're they're doing some chants or whatever they're all saying at once like welcome to the family He's like, thanks, guys. <laughs> really, we don't, don't have to. Um, yeah, uh, the cool thing though, Ray tries to interrupt the, the ceremony, and um, Magnus <laughs> slaps him against like fifty-five walls and then pops his head. It was oh, very yeah. easy work, light duty for the ten thousand year old vampire. I would have thought Ray would have turned one of those pipes into anything that's not solid, just so he wouldn't have gotten smashed. Here's but- what I'll say to, to your point there. Um, he didn't use his power to modify space and or time any more times than the one time he did and said that that's what he can do. <laughs> the one time he uses it to make Vampire D, Hunter D stab himself and it's the coolest thing he does in the whole movie and it's the only time he does anything even remotely like that. It's basically his intro. <laughs> what they don't tell you is that he could literally only do it once and that was his one time. <laughs> he burned his uh, level three spell slot and he didn't get a long rest in there, so working on fumes there. They use that as a way to say, like, he's going to fight D a couple more times, and he's not going to, like, die. And there has to be a reason why he doesn't die, I guess, because he has powers, too, or something. I don't know. Otherwise, he it's completely ineffective skill. It's like a basically a parlor trick at that point. Or, or maybe, I don't know, like... Since there was no actual weapon, he had nothing to turn against Dracula at that point. But I don't know. It just seemed kind of rushed. It seemed like a, he had a cool power for no reason. Maybe it's more fleshed out in the manga or something, but perhaps just seemed kind of random. He does, however, create a long enough diversion for D to show up. And the coolest scene in the whole entire movie, in my opinion, the coolest shot. And it's so gross. 
and it's so nonchalant is that he throws his little dagger into Magnus's <sighs> eye. Yeah. And he pulls the dagger out. And as he pulls the dagger out, it pulls his eye out of the socket. It sure does. And then like slooshes off. And then the eye goes right back <laughs> into the socket. Sucks right back yep, in. Just slurps right back in. Squelches right in there. It was so gross, but so funny and so quick and just just to show how powerful he is, I guess. Well, and the fact that he didn't even flinch, it like thunks in his eye and he's just he, he like just doesn't even look surprised. He just goes, ugh. it's supremely nonchalant. Like I if I get a splinter, I'm more affected. He even said something like this is the first day I've had anything interesting happen. Well, OK, and that's that's all well and good. I get all of that. If you're alive 10,000 years, you got a lot of boring days. But he he dies then from one single stab. That seemed like pretty haphazard. Yeah. Because he breaks off, what, the tip of D's sword and stabs him with it, and then D stabs him. It's all part of, like, this is the grand reveal that this dude is uh, um, in in Dracula's actual lineage. Does he have mind powers, too? Is that what it is? That, like, D has mind powers and he just has to, like... Because his eyes went all blue and his fangs got big, and that was his him turning on. So maybe it's enough to have the power to slow Magnus's regeneration or something. I don't know. Um, but obviously, just, as in a lot of the vampire lore, his soul is tied to the castle, is tied to all this stuff. So the death of him, like, is illustrated with, like, these crazy, like, black spirals and the castle basically disappearing and yeah it's like really neat artwork yeah because everything's falling out and then they go watch it and there's like a three minute like just mini psychedelic scene just right in the middle there or right at the very end and i was like oh wow yeah, another cool. thing i like about it is almost nothing wraps up after that after that it's just like a couple scenes of some like meadows and things and you see like Vampire Hunter D is on his way. Like, that's it. I thought something was going to happen. The final shot is like a flower blowing in the wind for a minute. And then that's it. It like blows in the wind like four times. And then that's it. Like credits. Like, what the the fuck? What happens? I don't know. It it ends. The vampire is dead. Doris isn't a vampire just like she wanted. I guess. Everything sort of just moves on. The game ended. There's no reason to talk about this anymore. I mean, just the the real life application in my mind is like the story continues. So there doesn't have to be an ending. Yeah. You know, I think maybe they're anticipating more sequels, more Fast and Furious sequels that were just like, you know, all right, we got to this point. What's the next thing? Well, you know, it's an ongoing series as well. So that probably has something to do with it. Probably- yeah. So it's just like an episode. Yeah. Not everything has to have like be tied up in a neat little bow. Although, Although it did look there's a big bad guy. The big bad guy is dead. It, it, it just seemed like they left the camera running though. Cause like they, they pulled away and they had the shot. They did the psychedelic scene. And then I was thinking, okay, we'll get like a final. They, they said like, Oh, we love you. D bye. And then, okay. Right. Or like for, he's a jolly good fellow. And then that's great. Now just roll credits. But, and I was expecting for like the anime song to come on and like the credits to come up as he's like riding off in the sunset. But no, and then it's just cut to like a different shot of like the grass. And then that's, then it was it. It's like another minute of grass and meadows and then we're out. No D involved. I think it was an artistically sound choice. I mean, yes. I think way. they needed to pad the time to make it a full theatrical release. Yeah. It's actually, yeah, it was very short. I mean, I don't, it's not like a, was it theatrically released? I don't know. It was uh, like an hour 20, so it was like right at 80 minutes. Yeah, and that's with credits and everything. It's like a long episode of a TV show. Yeah, so, I mean, well, you caught it on an OVA earlier, and that's yeah, basically what it is. Yeah. Just like a fancy episode. 
mm-hmm. little self-contained story. It was released theatrically in Japan anyway. I didn't remember much of this. I had seen this before. I think we all had probably seen this one before. Um, we didn't get into that. Yeah, like when I was 13 years old, and it was like the sickest thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is dope. I do, I do seem to recall that once we, in the sequel, um, the hand gets a little bit more screen time. Does it get an explanation in the, se- in the sequel? I think it's just like a, like a little demon monster that lives on his hand and eats, eats, eats souls. Well, maybe we can watch that one too next. Who knows? Because, uh, I mean, as you know, we don't delay uh, <laughs> anything. So this is, you know, our first offering in June of May. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> nice, nice recovery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's still May right now. It, it's still May for another. It's like, May as we're recording. It's May at time of definitely recording not May and... upon release <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> There's no chance. No chance. <laughs> it would take a Herculean effort that I'm not willing to undertake. But uh, or you wait a whole year. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, you know, the, for the May, it was, and I may take a couple weeks to um, <laughs> release an episode. Uh, hey, that's fine. That's how we do. Um, I don't know. I think we can kind of skip all the the the, the rest of the. Uh, I don't know if we have any more hubba baloo because if we're going to be covering the comics later or anything like that. Um, well, we're probably not going to cover the comics on account of Dave says they're pretty much the same. It just this. Yeah, Maybe we'll we'll pick something a little bit more fun like that. Uh, that really horny one that Hoopla is trying to get me to read anyway. <laughs> uh yeah so i mean this is based on a pre-existing comic so it does fit within our purview do you guys want to do heroes and villains yeah the villain is greco for sure like he's the worst yeah i'm gonna take my villain as um ray no he sort of ends up being okay he saves dan's life you know he's not my hero but he's not my villain the doctor guy the vampire version of the doctor guy Uh, is my villain that's yeah, he sucks. He he just gets so gross so fast, and I don't know, just just really yucked me out. <laughs> I really like them basement ghoulies. There's so many. There's so many good little boys down there. Stuff just like little tubes, like little tubes with teeth in it. I love that. I love that basement ghoulies. It's pretty cool. I did like Dan. Dan's definitely my hero. He's fucking a crack shot. He's down. He's down to blast anybody. And he will. Also, he gets fucked up so many times, just keeps getting right back up. My man fell down like a bottomless chasm and was just unfazed. Yeah, I'm gonna say my hero <laughs> is Doris on account of she's uh, she's got some agency. She's willing to die for her little brother. She's willing to kill herself for the better of the town. She's willing to do all of these things that a normal person shouldn't have to make the decision for like, for instance, Ray comes to collect her. And whenever he does that, he says, well, I'm going to take the doctor and the kid too, because it's fresh meat for the other ghoulies and what have you. And she's like, no, if you do that, I'll kill myself or I'll bite my tongue. I'm not going to be, you're not going to be able to take me to Magnus in one piece if you do that. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) I won't then. Uh, So she's pretty tough in that regard. Yeah, my, my hero's Luke. Oh, Luke. I rip. Think rip in peace. The horse in the beginning. Well, literally. He got in the way. <laughs> yeah, man. In pieces. Yeah, he got in the way. <laughs> but he he was like the hell beast was about to kill Doris, and he gets up in the way. I mean, the movie wouldn't have happened without Luke. Had he only been a cyborg, a DL4 cyborg horse, he would still be alive today. 
or really, I don't know what makes a cyborg horse. Is Luke still in the running to become one? You know, is it just like you take a dead horse, add a couple, um, add a microchip? Oh yeah. Get him, get him back up on the assembly line. It's got to be some part horse. Is my my point? I think Luke is werewolf poop at this point. He's well, part of him. <laughs> the neck part. The neck part, and you can that can be the part you robotize. Um, but so that's the question: How does one make a cyborg horse? Does the horse have to be alive when you do it, uh-huh. Uh-huh. or is there no part of an actual horse involved? And then is it a cyborg? They say cyborg horse. Wouldn't cy- does cyborg, cyborg mean that there's some part of the original creature? I think it's yes, yeah, a creature with mechanical and biological parts. I think is that they're working in conjunction. But I think that, that it being a living being is what makes it a cyborg. Yes, a fictional or hypothetical person whose physical abilities are extended beyond normal human limitations by mechanical elements built into the body. So specifically, yes, still has the body to have things built into. Yeah. So, but it has to be alive during. I think. Alive during the process, you think? I think it's a zombie or a robot if it's already dead. It's just a robot with sick decorations. Well, but but Robocop, he's a cyborg, and he I think he technically died. They, like, rebooted him, but I think he was dead at yeah. one point. I don't know. I think Luke could still come back. But his name is Robocop. Wouldn't he be, like, a robot then and not a cyborg? No, Robocop just sounds cooler than Cybocop. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. I'll accept it. Anyway, the porn title is... Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. Does he use that hand in the in the porn title? You know he does. That hand yeah. nasty. I feel like I said this before. We watched um, the Creed movie with, uh, uh, I think it was Chinese subtitles, but then retranslated back into English. Okay. And they kept saying that someone was bloodthirsty and it, the subtitle said blood horny. Because <laughs> I think that the translation was like the Chinese one was like blood lust, and then yeah. from lust back into English, blood horny, and uh, so yeah, the the sequel to Vampire Hunter D is Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, so Vampire Hunter D Blood Horniness, Blood Horny, <laughs> Vampire Hunter D Blood Horny. <laughs> that's now that's something I would tune in for. Yeah, sold. Um, oh, I guess we should say uh, if we if we would recommend this, I would wholeheartedly re- recommend this. Check this fucking thing out. It's it's wild. It's nice and tight. I'll say especially for the type that is not into anime or doesn't believe that they're into anime. I think this certainly bridges a gap from like it's like easy to get into, um, especially because they borrow a lot of the lore from the Hammer. Uh, Bram Stoker Dracula movies and stuff you know the the types of vampires are types of vampires that you recognize in American cinema and um, you know it's 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 a short bridge to some hyper violent horror so if you like violence and horror and you're not sure about anime I feel like this is a good a good bridge I'd say if you like Hellraiser and you don't know if you like anime this is where you go it's it's as horny as Hellraiser gets. <laughs> I don't think anyone's sure. ever seen Hellraiser that doesn't know a great deal of anime before they start watching. You're probably it. right. Yeah. Oh, I will say that um, if you if you like if you have seen and enjoyed the heavy metal movies, this is definitely right up your alley. Yes, heavy metal is just like American anime. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is a nice easy walk. And if you like heavy metal movies, if you haven't seen uh, Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. That was essentially came from a pitch to make a new heavy metal movie. 
and they were like, well, you could do this. You know, we wanted vignettes. We want 30 minute whole stories because that's all heavy metal was, was just like three, three short stories and one sort of through line. Yeah. One sort of connecty story. Yeah. Semi-connected story. Well, uh, I think that's resounding that we'd all recommend that one. Um, it was formative in my in my youth to to get me to watch to watch a lot of um, a lot of anime stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this yeah. was a, this was a great gateway, and I feel like that's what I was trying to say before, and I couldn't get to the word gateway. It was a good gateway for anime because uh, I feel like I watched this, and then Dragon Ball Z started picking up, you know, right around the same time. Yeah, it's in that. I think it's a nice, easy crossover from that. Uh, yeah, this is one of my first uh, anime viewings as well. I think this is that, and and for the reasons that I think you mentioned, is uh, there's not a lot of weird stuff. It all kind of makes sense. You know, you've seen you've seen Mad Max, you've seen uh, Dracula, so it's it's it goes down pretty smooth. And yeah, it's cool, cool visuals, cool kills, lots of blood. If you like horror movies, this is definitely for you. Watch, watching a weird monster man get sliced to bits. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a good time. Good time all around. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, head on over to our social media and uh, email us and just, you know, just, you know, say what's up. And you can do that um, uh, over at our uh, Twitter, I guess, still. Maybe we've got one of those. Uh, and when you're there, you'll be talking to. Uh, our social media manager Dave. Yeah, hit me up at NerdoplexyPod and uh, let me know what your first anime was. Oh, good. That's a good question. Uh, uh, you can hit me up. At, look, check me out on Instagram. Actually, go go over uh, at P- pgh underscore read. I'm on Instagram. I got some. I got some stuff there. I got some things to look at. To, I got some funny reels. Maybe I don't know. I'm 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 almost forty, guys. Take it easy on me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Sam says PGH underscore SVH. Um, yeah, check us out next time. Uh, I, who, who knows what we're going to do? But uh, until we meet again, we'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. In this world, are we just transient guests? <laughs> transient guests? <laughs> also, male honeybees lose their penises while mating. So it's important. Okay. Yep. P- penis. Penis facts. Lose their penis. They lose their penis. Doesn't say that it falls off. It says they lose it. So it's really kind of ambiguous. Uh, everyone talks about colony collapse disorder, which is devastating bee populations, but not many people seem to care about the peculiar plight of the individual drone honeybee. Before Queen Bee can assume her exalted title, she begins her life as a virgin bee. Well, that's kind of a given. And um, must how be many inseminated by a male to step up to the throne. Hand mouth suck if your hand mouth That's where the unfortunate spiders. drone comes in. In the course of mating with the heir apparent, Five. the male's penis rips off, still inserted into the female, and he flies off to die. Well, that's one. Well, you would. You that's would. one kindness dealt to the honeybee <laughs> that it can at least <laughs> A die. Swift death follows. <laughs> Given the gruesome fate of male honeybees, it's no surprise that full-grown queens deliberately breed them for use in their mating yards. I need to learn more about honeybees. I don't think because you they're do. metal as hell. <laughs> I think you've learned enough right now. Yeah, well, I know. I know one thing's for sure. I'm not putting my penis in a female honeybee. <laughs> Just watch Species. I know what happens. Kind of like that. I ripped the dang thing off. <laughs> ripped the dang thing off. <laughs>